in this video i'll be talking about how to manage being a student and doing OnlyFans. um so i guess the main thing would be about time management and uh because OnlyFans actually does take a lot of time and it is very time consuming um so as you probably might not know i am a mechanical engineering student at an ivy league university obviously i'm not going to say which one um but that also does come with a lot of work so putting OnlyFans on top of that just does become a big hassle this religion is not your sales pitch it is not your marketing strategy to gain more followers and more money and more income. This is not this is not a game. This is not something you should try and play with. You know, I advise you sincerely to be careful with what you're doing. Don't don't play with the religion of Allah. There's a lot in the dunya. There's a lot in the world that you can play with. This is not one of the things that you should toy around with. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Three Muslims. We got our American over here who was one of our first guests. Assalamu alaikum. Good to be back. Let me just say real quick, I don't want to hijack it, but it's beautiful to see your brothers take off, to see your brothers going places. Remember when we first spoke, I told you if you did it, you blow up, and mashallah, my prediction was correct. Alhamdulillah, bro. Allahumma barik, bro. And for everything you did to help us, man. May Allah bless you. May you continue to see success. Ameen. Have you noticed that there are no female prophets according to our religion? We only have male prophets. It makes you wonder, is God sexist or something? Let me know what you think in the comments. Salam. Step 1. Be a male, since it seems God does not accept female applications. Step 2. Don't fully contradict the established religion, but instead tell people you came to improve their previous religions because you have received some new updates from God. Step 3. Pretend to receive revelations from God by an angel, or you can pretend to be God himself. Step 4. Since rich people don't need you, promise poor people they'll be rewarded in the afterlife. And step five, win major battles and set laws that prohibit criticism of the religion. Remember, history is written by the victorious, so don't worry, any perverted actions or war crimes you have committed will be justified since people don't dare to question the validity of your actions. They'll inherit the religion from their family and even defend you in the comments section of this video. Unfortunately, in certain... Hold up, bro. Hold up. Listen, I don't want to make any justifications here, but what she's saying takes her out of the fold of Islam. And Allah knows best, but I mean, you can't disbelief the, in the prophets, peace be upon them all. You, you can't disbelieve that. These are major statements of, of, statements of major kufr. They are statements of major disbelief. Yeah. That's pretty hefty stuff. Um, there's a comment section on one of my videos. They're talking about her. They say she's non-Muslim, but it was him. It was a matter of him making tack fear. So I don't know. Maybe she's just playing a the Muslim card. Maybe she comes from a Muslim family and she's taking that whole get popular off the ex-Muslim route. I don't know what's going on with her, but yeah, those are some serious uh, statements of disbelief right there. Yeah. I mean, Allah says in the Quran, like if you disbelieve in one of the prophets is as if you disbelieve in all the prophets. Mm -hmm. Like mm. at that point, like are you are you even a Muslim? Like do you even believe in what Allah is bringing down? Because the prophets are just the messengers of Allah. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's address what she actually said. She said a lot and a lot of nonsensical stuff, and she had this really Orientalist like narrative, which is honestly, Wallah, it's very funny that she's 
you know, wearing the hijab and saying all this nonsense, which is obviously the irony of it. But the whole, you know, it's God's sexist thing because all the men were prophets. First and foremost, the, the roles of the prophets were the most difficult roles. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the men to do the more difficult roles, the more physically uh, demanding roles, the roles that you have to forbear a lot more. It's for the men. I don't know why that is a problem because uh, if a man comes and he puts all this work onto a woman, then that man is sexist. But now if a man comes and doesn't put all that work into a woman, the man's sexist. So you, like, you can't... <laughs> You can't have the cake and eat it at the same time. It's, I think it's a mercy. And if you look at the women mentioned in the Quran, like the wife of Fir'aun, Fir'aun was a disgusting person. The angels of Jibreel, he kicked dirt into his mouth when he was dying, so he wouldn't say the shahada. So he wouldn't try and become a Muslim at the time. That's how dirty he was. His wife, may Allah be pleased with her and have mercy on her, Allahumma ameen, was one of the most amazing women who have lived. And she was mentioned in the Quran. Look at um, Maryam as an entire surah in the Quran dedicated to her. So if it's in, in Islam was the first religion to actually establish women's rights. So if you were going to go with this narrative, get the facts straight, you said history is written by the victorious, Allah. Muslims were victorious and we have the history documented. And if you truly read into it, you wouldn't be spewing this nonsense that you're spewing now. You make a good point. I mean, you have to imagine how the Arabs of the times were before Islam came. They buried their daughters alive, you know. And um, so, I mean, but her charge isn't really against Islam. It's more against Allah himself saying, is he sexist? You know, because all the prophets and the messengers are men. I mean, you know, I don't consider myself a study person, but I can look at people and their behaviors. And I can honestly say that what I've seen is that throughout history, men have always gone against the grain. They've always had that inner strength to fight the battles that needed to be fought. The guy, I, for, I forgot his name, and it might seem off topic, but it's not. But the guy who, who like first discovered polio or something like this, I can't remember who he was, and he was talking about infectious diseases. They put him in an insane asylum until he died. And then later he was confirmed as like... um as just a genius ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. But what we see in history also is that a lot of times when it comes to pressure, women start to comply, they bend, you know, they start to wax and wane and they, they, they take the, the easier route. Uh, I think this thing with like, you know, this internal battle with the external world, because it is an internal battle to actually just go against the grain. This is something that's like almost uniquely male. And that's not to trash women. Absolutely not. We know that, you know, uh, this is why women like strong men, because the, the men fight the battles for the women. So I don't know why this is a problem. It's, it's like how we were created. It's just, it's just how it is. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Imagine, yeah. imagine Allah, stuck for Allah, sending women as prophets, and they're supposed to be the imam, but they can't even pray one week of the month, bro. Like, that alone should be suffice. But, subhanAllah. Yes. All right, and let's get back in. It's yeah, you're going to say something, bro. I think both of us were going to say something. Mm. But um, it's sad, man. And it's kind of dangerous. You know, like the more I think about it, the more I'm like coming to the conclusion that this woman probably doesn't have that much understanding of this religion that she says that she follows and that she's a part of. Because like what she's saying, it, it's, it's a lot of ignorance behind it. And it's dangerous that someone that doesn't have knowledge and and has uh, the ability to be able to be heard and be seen by so many people who will take what she's saying as like the truth now, you know? So it's like, 
she is in ignorance, so now she's going to lead others in ignorance. And, like, she is astray from what she is saying. And, like, yeah. that's a heavy claim to make, but she is astray, and she's leading others astray. So it's sad and it's dangerous. Yeah. And can I add another point that you brought to my attention? It's like that mm -hmm. what she's saying here and that so many women are, like, so mad at men just in general for being men. It, it's maybe a proof that they shouldn't be in leadership. I mean, why are you getting upset over something so, so simplistic? You know, I could get upset that no prophets or messengers well, were there black prophets or messengers. Actually, there might have been. <laughs> but, you know, you know, what I'm saying we could break this down on every level from every ethnicity to whatever else. It, it just doesn't. You know, why were there no blonde prophets or whatever else? <laughs> People aren't getting mad about this stuff, but you're getting mad about this. Maybe it's a proof on its own. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's a yeah. yeah. And uh, something I want to I want to add here, just my my final notes on this topic is uh, if you especially if you look at how people lived before this you know vast technological advance but before modernity basically um they had very very clear gender roles very clear the men were always doing the hunting the gathering the heavy lifting the heavy work all the things that honestly are predominantly just outside the home the men were doing them and the women were predominantly taking care of the kids and taking care of the house and all of that and there's no problem with that that's how it was so especially if you forego this fallacy of presentism when you look at the past with your present mindset and worldly view and apply it to them when you forget that then you'll realize there's actually absolutely no problem with that um, and finally what i want to say is uh there's actually a woman who went to the prophet and she asked about how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always referencing uh that like basically the the male plural because when you say the male plural in arabic the masculine plural it includes it could include everyone it could include women as well like if you have a group of people and there's like a few men and a few women you would use the masculine pronoun and it would it would mention all of them so she asked what like is Allah talking only about the men does it include women what's up with that and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verses in the muslimina wal muslimati wal mu'minina wal mu'minati wal qalitina wal qalitati wal sadiqina wal sadiqati and it goes on subhanallah it's beautiful the believing men and the believing women the muslim men and the muslim women the patient men, the patient women, the fasting men, fasting women, so on and so forth. And he ends it by saying they will all have basically a reward from Allah. So this whole thing of sexism and all that stuff has no place mm. in Islam. Allah, bro, you're right. And Jannah's at the feet of our mothers, bro. So not much else to say on that. Nisa, verse 34 in the Quran, the husband is allowed to beat his wife if she becomes disobedient. This is seen in the part of the verse which is translated to As for women whom you fear disobedience, advise them and leave them apart in their beds and them. I'm not sure why God would allow men to punish women this way. Is this really fair? Let me know what you think. I love the whole, is this really fair? Let me know what you guys think. <laughs> like, like, oh, salam. <laughs> Notice how Again. she quotes yeah. it in, in English and not in Arabic. Notice how yeah. she doesn't even mention the, the Arabi at all because when you say beat, beat only basically only has one meaning that it's like a physical like beating because you can beat someone, um, and beating kind of has a connotation that you're beating on them. It's not just one like little like you know that it's beating. It's like physical like what happens in a boxing room beating, but in Arabic it's it's dar dar and dar kind of like adrab is what Arabs say nowadays. Uh, it could, it just means kind of like a hit. And it could be light, it could be hard, it could be this, that, the other. So then we go to the Prophet, the Sahaba, and the scholars. What do they say about it? Aisha radiallahu anha. 
She narrated that the Prophet never hit a woman or even an animal, right? On top of that, on top of that, the Prophet himself said never he hit or, or yeah, never hit or harm the female servants of God. So Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, specifically said the Prophet never hit women. If you go to, to I believe Ibn Abbas, he said that this is supposed to be a symbol of divorce, a signal, which is basically talaq. When you do this to a woman, it's like signaling you're going to divorce her. And if you say talaq three times, it's a final divorce. That's why it's the final straw. It's basically saying, listen, I can't put up with this anymore. I've been advising you. I left the bed. You won't listen to me. At this point, I'm getting close to divorcing you. That's literally mm-hmm. what it's saying. And Ibn Kathir, he wrote the same thing as Tafsir, so on and so forth. But since you're very unlearned and you're very Islamophobic, I don't care if you wear the hijab, you're an Islamophobe and you're clearly a non-Muslim uh, from what you say. Uh, and we invite you back to Islam wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah, so basically get off that high horse of uh, what do you guys think? I, I think what well, I think you're full of nonsense, honestly. <laughs> Abu, what about you, bro? It was pretty slick how she pulled that whole uh, 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 admonish her and beat her and abandon the bed when it's actually a three phase. It's like a three step thing. So if she's disobedient, then first you admonish her. Admonishing, I think everyone, I don't know if we need a translation, but anybody who's in confusion, I mean, you tell her that she's wrong, you advise her. You know, and say, hey, look, you know, what you're doing is wrong. This is incorrect. You should really change your behavior for the better. Then the next phase is, if that is not, if that doesn't bring a response, is you abandon the bed with her. You know, so you separate yourself from her. And we all know women love attention. They like being, you know, together with the man. So you separate yourself from her, especially the bed. The bed is the place where focused one-to-one attention takes place. So you remove this from her. And you have to especially think about the times that this revelation came down. A woman had no external attention like they do with their phones and internet, whatever, right now. So to cut a woman off of attention like that, that was very, very powerful. You know, today she can just, you know, you ignore your woman, she gets on the phone and she's got, you know, 10,000 people on there from females to males trying to give her attention. It might not be so powerful this day, but it's still the chain that you follow. And then finally, if all else fails, then, then you attempt the beating. And I heard one... One student in knowledge say that this is symbolic because we know that uh, the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, he was very specific, you know, uh, with revelation. And he said you could beat her with a miswag stick. Miswag stick is roughly when they're big, about the size of your finger and maybe as long as a cell phone. And so he's saying it's symbolic, like I have power over you. If I was so inclined to, I could just I could thrash you, but I'm taking this miswag stick, which we all know who when we've used one you can't hurt anybody with it unless maybe you try and stab him in the eye with it <laughs> which obviously is not intended by that you know mm-hmm. so it's symbolic like it's just to demonstrate i do have power over you there's nothing you could do about it if i wanted to beat you and this is another interpretation of it so i like how she though she removes that she just says you know admonish her and abandon the bed and beat her like if it's just this three-phase thing you're doing just all at once just it's like tat wheel of it's it's really it's a it's a type of tat wheel really it is it's a really it's a type of tat wheel. I agree. And when you go to like ex Muslims or Islamophobe Central on YouTube, you'll see David Ward, Apos, and all these people. And and this argument that she brought up, Surah An-Nisa, verse four, uh, verse thirty four from chapter four. This is like one of the common textbook things on that list. So it's almost like she just went to like biggest signs Islam is false or something and just pulled this out of thin air. Mm. Yeah, man. The only thing I have to say is 
you can tell you can tell that she doesn't really know the religion she hasn't studied it she hasn't even reflected on these things so mm. it's a shame it's sad and it's dangerous i'm uh, i'm gonna stick to that but let's see what's next there is a consensus amongst Muslim scholars that Muhammad had nine official wives simultaneously at the time before he died. Most people think that the Quran allows only four wives, but actually there's no limit. One of his wives at the time was Zainab, who was actually his daughter-in-law. In addition to these nine wives, Muhammad also had three concubines or slaves which he was allowed to have sexual relations with according to the Quran in Surat Al-Mu'minun. One of the slaves he used to have sexual relations with was Maria Al-Qabtiya. She was given to him by Egypt's Christian governor because he was scared of Muhammad's invasion after he invited the governor to Islam. I absolutely love the freedom that Islam gave to men but I wish we as women were also given the same freedom in having multiple husbands or at least having a concubine. Nah, nah, bro, you're stupid. Like, I hate to say it, bro. And, and you know, anyone watching this that, that thinks I'm an a for this, listen, if you got two brain cells and you think this is really what, what Islam is about, why are you still wearing a hijab and why are you still Muslim then? That's my question. Like, if this is really how you feel and this is, this is what you've come to, why are you still here? identifying with Islam and looking like a Muslim. You're not a Muslim, bro. Makes no sense. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we're not advising anyone to take up the hijab because we believe that, you know, all women should wear hijab, Muslim, non-Muslim, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But uh, basically, if you just keep quiet about Islam, honestly. Unless you, you have a platform and you invite a Muslim on to challenge your views, uh, don't talk about Islam wholeheartedly. Um, SubhanAllah, like, bro... <laughs> This feels like a circus, man. Allah, the things she's saying. But um, this just shows how unlearned she is. Look at the Prophet, There are certain things he was allowed to do that uh, everyone else wasn't allowed to do because he's a prophet. There are certain things he had to do that other people didn't have to do because he's a prophet. For example, night prayer was obligatory for the Prophet. He was obligated to wake up every night and pray every single night when you and I are not obligated to. And that's a blessing and mercy from Allah for us and for him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And even one Sahaba, one Sahabi tried to do that until his feet started to crack. Or I believe that was actually the process of his feet started to crack. But he actually specifically told the, the Sahaba not to do it for as long as he did it because he was a prophet of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for you to come be like, oh, he had nine wives, but the Quran says four. This was literally an exception from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same way he had obligations that we don't have. He had things, he had rights that we didn't have. And even the Prophet himself said that he has the strength of, of many men, of multiple men, because he's the Prophet of Allah. And, uh, you know, regular men just don't have that, alhamdulillah. I'm going to pause there, inshallah, let uh, someone else take the mic for now. I agree, bro. By the way, I just want to say, uh, there is one more clip we got, but uh, Abu, what's your thought? I mean, I think that she, she misunderstands a lot. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was an example, you know, and he was an example for us to follow. He his his why he came down in the in the second half of his life. So to demonstrate the women that you can marry, it was just an inevitability. Now you know that that he would have to marry more than four wives to demonstrate that you could marry the the widow, you could marry this one, you could marry divorcees, you could marry that one, you could marry the young woman, you could you know how is he supposed to do all this? He he didn't get why he when he was nineteen, and then die when he was sixty or something. You know it came to him later in his life, and so obviously. Brown, 
Now, obviously, you can argue with me and say, Abu America, I never heard this before. But I mean, it's just logical sense. If you just use your just basic brain, just like you said earlier, if you rub two brain cells together, this makes perfect sense. There was a limited amount of time in his lifetime, you know, and so he's being the example to mankind. You can now see, okay, ah, I can do this. I can do that. Oh, I can even marry multiple women also, you know, but there's a limit. And the why he came to him also that he that there was a time when he was not allowed to marry any more women, period. If one died, if they all died, that was it for him. You know, so mm -hmm. it, 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 and then just this whole thing with slavery. I don't want to get into what I, what about ism. I don't want to get into it. But let's just face the facts. This goes back to what Rami was saying earlier about trying to compare times back then to times now. And we're not we're not ashamed of, and we don't deny that that slavery is a part of Islam. We're not ashamed of it. This this is how it is. This is how it was. But this has been all of mankind. This has been a fixture from the Aztecs to the Europeans. How did my people get to America? Why are there light skinned African Americans? Because the people used to go and rape the slaves and whatever else. Uh, it was brutal then. What Muslims though? What what do we say with the slaves? They wear what we wear. They eat what we eat. We treat them well. They're not people like we know slavery or uh, in the West. It's not the same. Islam, you are to treat your slaves well. They are like family. Yes, they are not free people, but they wear the clothes that you wear. They eat the food that you eat. Hmm. And someone can correct me. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say someone can correct me if I'm wrong too, but it, even the concubine thing, she said, if you impregnate a concubine, I believe you have to marry her Islamically. No, and <laughs> and... Yeah, so someone can can fact check that, but that's what I what I've seen from my research. So Islam gives women rights. It's not slavery in the Western sense too. So I don't know what she's on about. Yeah, but that's what yeah. she's trying to do. She's trying to equate it to that. Put this horror picture in the minds of people. Yeah, one hundred percent. And subhanAllah, like I nowadays, I refuse to even use the term slavery because if you look at what slavery is, Islam does not allow like that term slavery, especially with the connotation we have nowadays. Islam allows uh, uh, prisoners of war. Because if you think about it, you are, you know, you have your nation, you have another nation, you don't have prison systems. Either you, A, let the enemies go, which they're just going to come back and try and kill you stronger and know your plans and everything. Or two, you kill them all, which is obviously the worst option if they're, if they're surrendering after fighting you. Or three, you take them as prisoners of war. They didn't have prison systems. So what they did is they imprisoned them in their homes. The only way to keep them in prison in your homes is either tie them to something or let them be, but they uh, act as a servant, essentially. And as Abu American said, yes, they, they eat what you eat, they wear what you wear. And we even got rid of the term master and, and servant or master and slave. It mm -hmm. literally, they changed the wording to buddy and buddy. That's literally, they changed the wording for us. Because the only Rabb, the only Lord is Allah, and we're all his slaves, essentially. That's how specific Islam is about this, this concept of servitude. Now, I'm going to combine the topic of multiple husbands slash wives to the topic of um, uh, allowing uh, men being allowed to be intimate with, with uh, the female uh, servants. I'm not even going to call them slaves um, because it has it's basically it's one big topic. Think about a woman who has multiple husbands. If a woman can only be pregnant once a year and she only wants two kids, she has four husbands. If, if two of them are lucky, they're going to have a kid. And if one is super lucky, he's going to have two. And the other three are going to have none. On top of that, are you really you want to talk about sexual freedoms and all of that, but you want a woman to have to put up with sleeping with multiple men who all have a higher sex drive than her? 
does that make sense? Especially when she gets pregnant, does that make sense? And if she can't, what happens uh, with the men, uh, the four different men with this high sex drive that can't, that see their beautiful wife, mashallah, but can't do anything with her? What happens? Mm-hmm. And bro, uh, there's, there's another thing I talked about mm-hmm. with Gabriel, the, the assurance of paternity, bro. Mm-hmm. Women, women subconsciously, they know biologically that this is my kid. 50% of the, the heredity, the genetic material in the kid, 50% of it's mine. A man, yeah, okay, we're not talking about today you could do paternity tests. We're not talking about any of that. I'm, I'm speaking strictly subconsciously. He has no guaranteed assurity of paternity. There's none. So if you add four men into that equation, how does that make sense? Whereas if you have one man and four women, the man 100% knows that 50% of the genetic material is his. He has assured paternity. And all the mothers, they gave birth. So, of course. Yeah, but do you guys have anything to say before the last clip? Uh, just to say, uh, yeah. Uh, mama's baby... Daddy's maybe. (laughs) (laughs) SubhanAllah. All right, this is going to be the most horrendous clip, so I'm warning you guys, but let's finish it. So in this video, I'll be talking about how to manage being a student and doing OnlyFans. Um, So I guess the main thing would be about time management and uh, because OnlyFans actually does take a lot of time and it is very time consuming. Um, So as you probably might not know, I am a mechanical engineering student at an Ivy League university. Obviously, I'm not going to say which one, um, but that also does come with a lot of work. So putting OnlyFans on top of that just does become a big hassle. Uh, So the main thing is that you should set a schedule for yourself. So I set a schedule for myself like every time I go to class, um, that's just like focusing on my classwork and stuff like that. And then when I come back home, I open OnlyFans and I talk with people and answer messages and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, I guess just the main thing is about time management and setting your priorities. And once you have that, you can pretty much do anything you want. So hopefully that helps. That's it. That's it. This video is done. I think that answers it all. Like, you, you can't be a Muslim and do OnlyFans. What's she doing? Showing her ankle bone? No, she's showing a, a, a lot more than the ankle bone. I bet you that. She's talking to people. Nah, bro. That's, that's what she said. That's a lot Come of on. Like, this is... I, you mind if I just go ahead and jump in on this one? You know, I, on, I have to ask the question: Where are where are the men folk of her family? You know, um, we have to wonder where her brothers are, her uncles, her father, grandfather. Where are the men folk to these women? And, and and I'm not I'm not you know I don't want to trash anybody. I don't want to make it seem like they're superior people. But you know, I said this last night: you can't find the the women of Abu American online. Not my family. I'm the only Muslim in my family. You won't find my sister who's a non-Muslim online. On OnlyFans, you won't find it. You won't find my mom, my nieces, my cousins. I watch them all. We watch our women folk, and this is something we did before we became Muslim. You will not find our women folk online, and if you did, we would call them up, and there would be no mercy until she cut herself off from the family or she stopped what she was doing online. You don't find them arguing with men online. You don't find them showing their bodies online. You don't find them doing any dodgy stuff online. If you find them online at all, where are her menfolk? We are people who have ghira. We have protective jealousy over our women. It's an obligation, but there should be this natural, this should be a fitra. It should be like your natural state and condition as a man to have this. Where are their men? Where, where are her men? I, I, I'm speechless on this part. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Allah.
I mean, as Anha said, that kind of like wraps it up. It was really funny at the end how she basically said, if you manage your time right, you could do whatever you want. It's like, why are you such a liberal? Like, you can do anything you want, really? Any, even if it's haram, even if it's going to take you directly to hell, you can do anything you want, not, as long as you manage your time correctly. Stuff for Allah, Allah, Um The Prophet facing persecution, facing ostracization, bro, facing everything he faced for so many years, bro, just to propagate the deen of islam only for a woman today to do this bro just think about it like what have what has the and this is assuming she's actually muslim what has the ummah come to and yes, and in the kuffar you know in the kuffar they're actually you know it's more common that they have only fans in here but i don't know maybe this is gonna be a trend now but in the kuffar they then shame the man for having the khira that abu american said oh you don't trust me you're controlling why can't i have only fans why can't i do this you don't trust me like, do you, do you see the shaming tactics they use, bro? Yeah, that's disgusting. Bro. Allah, bro. Well, I understand. I just, just want to give a sincere invitation to this woman, man. Like, if, if she truly is Muslim, like, she's claiming she is. Look, we sincerely invite you to actually study your religion and reflect over your actions because as of now, like, speaking to you sincerely as a brother like you are choosing the akhirah or no you're choosing the dunya over the akhirah you're choosing this temporary life which i mean you could die tomorrow you die today like you're choosing just to have money and you're choosing your emotions and all that stuff and again like please like study your religion reflect on it and Start making better choices because what you're doing right now ain't it. Do you know how much she makes really a month from OnlyFans, bro? I really don't. 60,000 a honest. month, bro. And she, no, I'm saying she makes 60,000 a month and she's claiming she only talks to men. Bro, what man is going to yeah. pay you this much? It makes no sense, bro. You're definitely yeah. doing some haram stuff, bro. Even being on OnlyFans to talk to women is haram. Yeah, OnlyFans was bro. made for that. OnlyFans isn't a little chatting site. It's not like. It's not like a, a Facebook messenger. No, no, no. OnlyFans was made to basically pimp out women like this. Yeah, yeah. And did you say 60, 16? 60,000, six like, zero, bro. You look, at, you look at the dark side of the economic uh, or the finances of, of OnlyFans. There's documentaries on this. But they basically wanted to lower the premium on women's sexuality. So they do this by starting with, it was $50, bro, to subscribe to a woman. And then it's like 25 because there's more women. So they're basically working at their insecurity and making the, the money, the premium lower and lower to the point where one day it's going to be like a dollar and there's going to be too many women competing. And what do you think this is doing to the psyche, bro? They're already so like mentally inferior in the, in the, in the sense of, of security and self-esteem, because if you look at there's too many studies to prove that, but you now let them play at that insecurity. Wow. Bro, that's, well, that's crazy. I, I want to make two final points and inshallah, I'm done. Whatever price that she set her OnlyFans out, let's just say $25, whatever, you, your body, your sexuality is worth $25 a month. Think about that's, that. That's you are worth, you in a sexual manner is worth $25 a month. That's what you're saying to everyone in the world. You and everyone else who's on OnlyFans. So you're worth X amount of money per month. That's, that's vile. Honestly, that's vile. And there's no self-respect there if that's what you think about yourself and that's how you treat yourself. Uh, that's one. Two, if you're using this money, which you obviously are, 
your food is haram, your drink is haram, your clothes are haram, your house is haram, your living is haram. Every dollar you spend, every cent you spend is haram. You're going to be questioned on every single penny that you have. Uh, so, I mean, you might be living it up now and thinking that, you know, life is good or whatever. Eventually you're going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to be questioned on my money, what I did. You're going to be questioned on your money, what you did. And alhamdulillah, inshallah, we'll have this channel as a testament for us. May Allah accept it from us that we try to do good. And you're going to have your TikTok and your OnlyFans as a testament against you. And may Allah protect us and, and guide you. Allahumma ameen. You know, um, I'll follow the trend there that you call it a trend. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the proper way in advising her. If you if you consider yourself Muslim, um, then I will say sister. Uh, but if you're not Muslim, either way, this applies. This is the religion of Islam, and it's real. You know, whether you believe it or not, this is something that when you die, you are going to face Allah. You don't have to believe that for it to be true. This religion is not your sales pitch. It is not your marketing strategy to gain more followers and more money and more income. This is not this is not a game. This is not something you should try and play with. You know, I advise you sincerely to be careful with what you're doing. Don't don't play with the religion of Allah. There's a lot in the dunya. There's a lot in the world that you can play with. This is not one of the things that you should toy around with, you know, um, because you're going to face Allah. And when you do. He should do the He's severe and swift in retribution. You should be careful. Next. Understand that now this is this is me as Abu American speaking. There's value and there's worth to everything. And as our brothers have been saying, you have cheapened yourself. You've lowered, your, you've lowered yourself. You've put a price on yourself, your dignity and your honor as a woman. Women are made, are, are born, men are made. We have to build ourselves as men and make ourselves into something. You have an intrinsic value as a woman, and that's priceless. Why do you cheapen it? Only fans, what you're doing is you're saying, I become accessible to the world at a very low price. And it is a low price, whether it's $20, $50, $100. It's a low price when you have something that's priceless, which is access to yourself as a female. In any and every culture you look at on the world, virginity, uh, uh, how you are seen or how much of you is not seen has something that has a price. There was this king. He, 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 there was, I can't remember the story, but his wife rode through the city naked on horseback. And the rule was, if anybody opened and looked out, they would be killed. This is how much he valued his woman. This is a true story, apparently. Some queen, I can't remember, it was a European queen. But you, you make yourself accessible to the world cheaply. There's just no dignity in it whatsoever. In anything that you're doing right now, there's no dignity in it. And I advise you to just stop. Yo, I got, I got, I got to add something, bro. Man, you said that it, she's basically selling herself very cheaply, right? I'd say she's she's actually not even selling herself. Because think about it. You have OnlyFans. There is a price for entrance, correct? But you have people who screen record whatever it is that you put on. And now they put that on these websites, which I'm not even going to say what these websites are. And now everybody can see it for free. So now she's basically giving herself away for no price whatsoever. She went from priceless to worthless, bro. No other way to say it. Truly.
And when I say this, guys, I know there's going to be haram police. I'm not talking about her value in the eyes of Allah or her capability to repent. I'm talking about her sexuality and, and at least how she values it, bro. And actions speak louder than words, bro. For all you haram police out there, there, I said it. Actions speak louder than words. You could say, yeah, bro, she might actually revert and Allah might love her more than you. Okay, but actions still speak louder than words, bro. And until mm -hmm. I see some action uh, and I keep seeing these cringy TikToks on her, on her account, I'm going to say what I have to say. Yeah, yes, I know I said that the last two things I said were gonna be the last ones, but I have to say this because Allah, it just you, you spark something in me. May Allah bless you all. Allah, I mean, look at look at the Islam that you bash, sister. The Islam that you bash, let's look what, at what Islam says about a woman and her value and all of that stuff when it comes to like oh, let's just say intimacy and all that. Islam says if you are interested in a woman, you have to go to her father. Demonstrate to her father that you are capable of taking care of her and assuming that role of protection and, and, and obviously that uh, role that you take care of her. And he has to see that in you, accept you, give his daughter in marriage to you, and you have to give her a gift that she and you both are okay with, that she says, okay, I'm okay with this much money or this gift or that gift or whatever. And... Then and only then when the nikah is done in front of the community for everyone to know you two are married and that you are now her protector, only then, only then, and only then can you see any part of her other than her face and her hands. Versus OnlyFans. Choose. And one point with Fayad made, you know, um, and he made a good point that, you know, um, the internet for the Haram police, the internet doesn't forgive. You know, so if anybody, <laughs> if anybody wants to, I mean, she can repent, but do you want the wife, the OnlyFans wife? Because if you say, okay, she could repent and, and Allah could see her in better view than you. Okay, then marry that sister. If that if that's what happens, are you going to marry that woman, the OnlyFans woman with her videos online that someone screen recorded? I, Twitter, Twitter still doesn't forgive me for stuff that isn't even haram. I hear about stuff from two years ago on Twitters, and they look it up, and they still try and attack me with it. What do you think is going to happen to this woman when she marries a brother? You think they're going to let that go? Yes, Allah forgives, but people don't. And some of those people, you're in the comment sections right now. So let's let's be realistic, you know, on mm -hmm. that point. And we and we wish the best for her, absolutely. That you know, and that's from correction of her 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 current situation. For all of our situations to improve, inshallah. Inshallah. All right. And with that being said, may Allah guide the sister and all of us. Obviously, it's an attack on her, so it's a critique of what she's been saying, and obviously, some certain industries out there. But, Taib, with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana wa kina adab al nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalamu wa barakatuh.